and welcome to Scareberia. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your host, Beth. And this is our first podcast, and we are super excited that you guys are here with us. Should give you a little brief background and reason why we created Scareberia. Would you like to tell the reason why? So both of us have always been really interested in history and some of the creepier paranormal aspects of Toronto. And for me specifically, urban legends and seeing how they develop. So we really want to take a peek at the creepier side of Toronto, see what's history, what's hoax, what's real, and just start a discussion on it. Mm-hmm. So as Beth said, yes, we are both into I've been always into the paranormal, the paranormal, or the strange and the unusual for as long as I can remember. And as Beth said, Toronto and even Ontario and outside of Ontario has such a rich history in terms of when our country was established before that was established and who established it. So as Beth said, you know, there's so many great areas in Toronto and Ontario and outside that have this great history. And a lot of times history has a tendency to be more of a folk story, like an urban legend. So we want to, and we kind of created this podcast as to see what is urban legend and what is fact. And so we are combining our passion of the paranormal and the history to create this kind of, well, this platform as a podcast and with a Canadian twist because a lot of the places we are going to be looking at are going to be in Canada. So there's places that we grew up around or frequent for or have been to or have heard stories by hearsay and family and friends. And that being said, we also have our Facebook page set up, Scareberia. Give us a Google and send us some of your creepy things. Or if there's a place you want us to check out, let us know. Absolutely. As we said, and as I said, there are tons of places in Ontario that we know about, but there's some that we may not even heard of before. So we'd love to get your take on it, your stories, and maybe we'll include them in our podcast. Because I said, there's so much great legends behind in Canada. So we want to put a great lens of history in the paranormal on them. So we're going to start with two that are pretty well known if you were born and bred in Scarborough. <laughs> A little bit less familiar to those outside of the GTA, but we thought they were fascinating. They're close to home, and we wanted to give them a go. Mm-hmm. So I'll start off. I'm going to be talking about Thompson Park. So Thompson Scarborough Museum Park, to, to be exact. Now, the interesting fact about this area is that it was David and Mary Thompson that came to Scarborough in 1799. They were the first immigrants into Scarborough. So they're the first ones to actually establish and set up Scarborough that we know today. And in 1799, they were granted 200 acres. And the Highland Creek ran through the property in a community known as Bendale. And it was now known as the northeast corner of Lawrence Avenue and Brimley Road. As the family worked and prospered, Scarborough grew and grew and developed to what it is today. So 160 years ago, Scarborough acquired from a descendant of David and Mary and a section of the vacant farmland for use as a community park commemorated for the pioneer spirit of Scarborough. So these were the first permanent settlers. So I think it's pretty cool that it was this older couple, well not older couple, this couple from Scotland, they immigrated from Scotland 
that came here and established what we know as Scarborough, where I grew up in. Now, in Thompson Park, it's quite large, and there's it is a quite large park, and it's broken up by, like I said, there's its stretch is quite large, over 200 acres, and it stretches out basically from Cowan off through Brimley, and up along, along Lawrence. So, if you are familiar, that you guys remember, probably as a child, going to that famous slide where. It was like a death shoot, kind of. <laughs> you were, you know, it was the most exhilarating and exciting thing, but most terrifying things in the world because back in the day, and I'm not going to mention it, in the vintage of the 80s where slides were made of plastic and either wood ones where if you got enough traction, you went pretty far. And uh, it was pretty scary, but it was fun. But in this park, there are three houses. I'm going to say three houses in there. Mm-hmm. And... They are, they're actually, what are the names now? They're one are, I'm going to forget now. It's funny because nobody remembers the name, but everyone's like, oh yeah, I went there on a school yeah, field trip. So exactly. Victorian Christmas. So the White Colonial House and the McCowan Log House. Yes. Now, the interesting thing is that these houses weren't at first there, actually. They weren't originally there. These were kind of brought over in this, I believe in the 60s, they were brought to that location itself. But because it was a pioneer era, they decide to establish it in Thompson Park itself. Now, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So those are the houses that we know as a child, and it's they're still there, which is great. So I say go support your local community parks and, you know, go have a fun day in history. They actually do really cool stuff around Christmas yeah, time. they do. They have amazing. Check out some of the parks and rec programs they have going because it's actually really The pioneer really cool. ones. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And that kind of goes with the same idea with Black Creek Pioneer Village, yeah. which we'll be talking about in a later episode as well. But it's interesting about this park is that, so Thompson Park itself, there's a couple rumors and stories about they are, is apparently the duo, a ghostly duo. Um, apparently, what does it say? The local legend has that a grandfather killed his granddaughter a couple decades ago and tossed her over the cliff near the Scarborough Cemetery. Then he threw himself over as well. Their ghosts have been seen in the park. So again, I've been looking researching. I have not found any documents showing that this is true. Yeah, I haven't seen any either. Mm-hmm. That being said, I haven't really called anyone up to them like, hey, I work at, do you work at the Thompson Park? Have you mm-hmm. seen anything weird? So if it's, you work for at Thompson Park, please let us know. Yes, exactly. But, please do let us know because again, is this an urban legend? Because hearsay, say yeah. everybody would like to put their own twist to a story. I've heard that legend before, but when I heard it, it was just at the Scarborough Bluffs. I didn't realize it had a Thompson Park connection, so that's exactly. interesting. Exactly. And another weird thing about this area, like I said, Thompson Park is a very big park. And there's different outlets and there's different tunnels and, you know, that, and bridges that connect one park to the other and kind of go through, especially from Brimley Road through McCowan, there is a, apparently there was a, uh, a cave called Satan's Cave. So I've never heard of this. And it, apparently that's where, close to where the grandfather came. But another legend says about this cave is called Satan's Cave within the park's forest. Growling can be heard in the sense of something angry lurks by felt those who enter. It is said to lead to a hell and beware that those who go far will be taken straight to an evil place. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I'm just 
all the raccoons have been. <laughs> <laughs> Images of raccoons plotting their revenge to take the city Exactly. I just think it was a bunch of teenagers getting really drunk because, as you know, that back in the day, well, if you're younger <laughs> and underage, you would find any entertainment. So I would say it's a bunch of teenagers probably just drinking and this cave yeah. and making sounds and, like, passerby was like, it's haunted. Yeah. So I can see that. I will probably personally have... Would have done that. I've never done it there, but I can personally say that I would have done that <laughs> if I would have known there was a cave there, but I've never seen a cave. There's many tunnels, like I said, in different trails. Yeah. So I think people are probably getting confused there. Yeah. So. I'm thing I'm learning too is maybe it's just because we're like a very urban city, but a lot of these haunted places are just kind of like nature. <laughs> it's just, it's just nature. my sigh. It's just my sigh of like, oh my gosh, yes. You're absolutely correct. We're not used to nature, so we go around. This is so beautiful and creepy. What's lurking in the bush? It's, and it's a raccoon. It's a raccoon. Yeah. And, like, raccoons make funny sounds. Even foxes make really funny yeah, sounds. Yeah, they, like, weird they sound. weird. So, like, you know the cliche of that song? What does a fox say? Yeah. Creepy stuff. Creepy. It's a creepy <laughs> crawl. Like, creepy cry, rather. Not a call that I hate. A cry. So, interesting thing about the Thompson Park connected is not so much by the park, but it's a St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church. Now, back, that's a beautiful location. It's an old oh, gorgeous. cemetery. And they actually, the family of the Thompson family are all buried there. So David and Mary Thompson and their children are buried there. And the descendants of the Thompson family are buried in this beautiful old cemetery. Now, myself, I am one of those weird people. I love going to cemeteries. I find them very peaceful and they are somehow well they're peaceful and also they just you learn a lot about the history of where you are by just going to a cemetery it's like reading the obituaries like you learn so much about people's lives by reading their fascinating lives that they led Mm -hmm. and to be a part of this history you know like these were the two people the settlers that established what is scarborough today is very fascinating so that being said the cemetery is known to the log house there. It's reputed to be a haunted, and the cemetery itself is to be haunted. The shack of the cemetery was known as a Saxon house. It was named after the former caretaker. People have seen someone peering out of the window of the house. And also, too, there was, a, I said, a house in Thompson Park itself. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's apparitions of a woman, uh, sorry, lady in white. Who seems to be there? There always seems to be a lady in white. It's like yeah, it's kind of like the standby. I know it's like it's like the cliche. I'm like okay, so if we're gonna be scary, we're just gonna make sure. Okay, long hair check, uh, creepy dark hair check. Oh, white dress check. It seems yeah. to be like all these like these formula ideas of what haunted should be should be, and yeah. so it's always lady in white. The lady in white in every story. There yeah. seems to be a lady in white. It seems to be very cliche now it is and I, i'm gonna be honest this is kind of my skeptical hat going on mm-hmm. i know both of those buildings are still operational people are still in them so it's probably i guess it's not far-fetched to think that it's somebody working late one night now that being said though like it's interesting that you said that because i believe i to myself so i should also a little explain about myself i am to a healthy skeptic i've been to many many haunted locations in canada and different parts around the world I've done the ghost tours of different places around the world, and I've had some experiences where I cannot denounce it, and I can, like, I can say, I'm like, hmm, that was interesting, or like, oh, that can be easily explained. 
I've been to some places where I cannot explain if my life depended on it. Like, there's seriously. But that being said, like Beth, I'm a healthy skeptic. I have to see it in order to believe it. I have to somehow experience something to order to understand what I am witnessing. Now, with that being said again, I also believe there's two different types, and there's many schools that people believe. I also do believe there's residual hauntings. Now, if a lot of you don't understand or know what residual haunting is, just think of a tape recorder or a record player that plays over and over. It's not going anywhere, but it's the same record. So, depends on some areas, if limestone is predominantly made, or the area is predominantly like surrounded or made with limestone, if there's electrical wires, if it's through a any thing that's by bodies of water, it's believed that residual hauntings may occur. Meaning, again, it's not actually a haunting, but just like a tape recorder that's replaying over and over on this loop, over and over again. So people may have seen somebody in white, but again, it just may have been a residual haunting and not a haunting itself. Now, I'm not too sure like this, the caretaker one, because there's different stories, right? And yeah. that's of the caretaker, right? That the, his wife was sick or he was by himself. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, you hear different stories. Yeah, that one, I, that one I'm not as familiar with on. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I was more, when I go there, it was more just because it's such a beautiful old heritage building. Mm-hmm. And I tend to get distracted and I sort of think of Groundskeeper Willie and it just <laughs> it never turns out the best. So but, but I do vaguely remember hearing a story about um, him and his wife and his wife being quite ill. Mm-hmm. But I don't. So, okay, but so, I never heard of it more as like an urban legend haunting. I've heard of it more as just as there was this wonderful couple. They took such pride and care of the grounds. She passed away. He continued to work for a bit. And then I also heard the story. He was single. He was never married. So maybe there's two different caretakers because this thing's been around for. Exactly. So years. again, if anybody out there had knows or knows rather any details about the St. Andrew's Church in the shack. The Saxon House, please let us know. Now, it's, it's actually interesting because a friend of mine yeah, told me a funny story that she had a personal experience at the park. Again, this has to go back in high school and may have, may or may not had some drinks, <laughs> had some, you know, some play into the story. But she said a bunch of friends were at the church because beside the church, there is also a little playground. And they were sitting there, it was late at night. And she said it was a summer night, and it was one of those hot days, and the air was still. And she said she just saw the playground, some of the equipment was just moving on its own, just eerily, just creepily, just moving on its own. And they all got kind of like chills, kind of bits, like freaked out. I was like, okay, I know I maybe have a little bit, so I may be influenced from the devil's juice, <laughs> but uh, I believe... Like, they believe that this was something, like, a little bit more than just nature. They kind of got creeped out of it. Just also, like they said, the sense is just felt very odd and very creepy. Like, it just got very creepy pretty fast. And they could not explain. And they tried to debug it. Like, it's the wind, but there was no wind. It was large equipment. How is it all moving? So, yeah. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, yeah. So, that's my story about the about Thompson Park and also St. Andrew's Church. Just on a side note too about St. Andrew's Church, it's actually the oldest Presbyterian church in the city of Toronto. So, Mm -hmm. 
you guys should go check it out not only to see if you get a creepy vibe but also check out some of the architecture and because it's known for its gothic revival which i'm sure adds to the mystery anything with the word gothic exactly and and i just also want to point out to just people if you do go please be respectful it's just like i know a lot of people want it they rush when they hear something's haunted and a lot of people will flood to these places and just try to find a ghost but just got to be respectful right especially like in a church and there's like and it is in a residential neighborhood it is yeah there's many houses around there you just want to be very respectful i've been at nighttime and any cemetery at nighttime is creepy <laughs> because it is a cemetery and i think a lot of people like to think it's ghosts but i don't think the cemetery itself is haunted i never believe cemeteries are haunted that's why i like going to the, but again just be respectful be mindful of where you are and again it's part of our history you want you want to be proud of it you want to preserve it and you want to respect it. And if you are interested, I definitely recommend checking out their website, standrewscarborough.com. It'll give you more information on events they have going on, literature, you can look up about the history and just give you a bit of more information that way so you can learn more in a respectful manner. That'll actually bring you some pretty awesome, mm-hmm. awesome history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my little PSA on that one. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Get a little nerdy going on. That was very scholarly of you. <laughs> I had to cite all my work. Yeah. So mine is a bit more specific. The one I'm looking at is the Old Bailey Bridge on Old Finch Road. And it's a part of a kind of a bigger area called Hillside, which we will talk about probably at a later date. But I want to focus on Old Finch Road. If you grew up in the area, Old Finch Road is very well known. For those of you who don't know it, it's this beautiful old winding road, very small road, one car each way. And when you get to the bridge, it's at the bottom, it's kind of winding road. And the bridge is only small enough that only one car can go across at a time. Mm-hmm. So this one, this old Bailey Bridge is called Bailey Bridge because that's the type of bridge it is. It was established after Hurricane Hazel. So Hurricane Hazel, you'll be hearing a lot about on this podcast because it basically rechanged the entire face of Toronto after it hit. It hit in, I forget when did it hit, uh, in 1954, October 15th. Hurricane Hazel struck the Scarborough area. There was 80, 90 deaths of occurrences from U.S. and Canada from Hurricane Hazel. It flooded the Riversdale Zoo. It destroyed a lot of downtown. So, But in all that destruction, the bridges get washed out. What happens when bridges get washed out? You don't have the transportation. It's not moving. So they were stuck. Like, we need to open bridges. What are we going to do? So one of the civic engineers thought, hey, we have all these Bailey bridges. Let's use that. So for those of you who don't know, Bailey Bridges are prefabricated truss bridges that were developed in the 1940s, and they were used during World War II to support the Allied troops. The gentleman who created it was named Donald Bailey. He was an officer in the British War Office, and he came up with the idea that these bridges, they're light enough that they can be transferred by trucks, they can be put in place by hand, you don't need any special tools other than what would be on the convoy, and they're strong enough that they can support a weight of a tank. So they're, they're very sturdy, very hefty, and... General Eisenhower, who would later on to become President Eisenhower, described Bailey Bridges as one of the three most important engineering and technological developments in World War II, the other two being radar and heavy bombing. So these bridges were strong and secure, could be erected quickly and easily. So when Hurricane Hazel hit in 1954, they still had a lot of people who had fought in World War II and were familiar with these bridges, so they went and put them up. Got going. Sorry, I can see. I'm getting very history. I can see eyes glazing (laughs) through the internet. So I'll get on to the good part. So basically, that's how this bridge came to be. So there's a lot of World War II history tied in with the Bailey Bridge. Hence the name Bailey Bailey Bridge. Bridge. 
And it's actually the only one that's still operational. It's great. That's a different story. The, the creepy aspect of this one is if you go down to the Bailey Bridge, I've heard a couple different haunting stories. The main one is there was a girl who was killed on her 16th birthday. Mm-hmm. And if you sing happy birthday, you can hear her crying. Mm-hmm. I have heard of hands pushing people out of the way before they get hit by cars. And I've also heard that there's strange noises and mysterious things like that that happen on the Bailey Bridge. Now, the way this bridge is located, I can definitely say that there have been car accidents there. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I haven't found anything about this girl who has been murdered or killed there. I've heard the name Mary. I've heard the name Susan. I've heard, you'll go yeah. down, you'll see the graffiti. Yes. They clean it up, but they always put the graffiti there. So, yeah. So do you guys have, if you guys have any information about Old Bailey Bridge, let us know. Have you heard that legend about the girl? Who had, I've who heard, well, they said Mary. It's also Sue or Susie yeah. was killed by her a murder and painted, uh, I think apparently he, 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 I don't know, he just, I know he killed her. Yeah, and, there's not much on that one. Yeah, so I'm not too sure. And again, like you said, like you could say happy birthday to her. But I also heard like it's Mary was one, almost like the Bloody Mary. Yeah. So again, is it are we playing on the Bloody Mary no. urban legend? I have gone down there and I am saying happy birthday. And I heard a kid be like, woohoo! Because there's a park nearby where <laughs> the kids were. So I don't know if that counts. <laughs> but but that's that's that one. Um the sounds and moans, I'm gonna call BS on that one. It's near the it's near the zoo. Oh gosh, yes. I- and so, of course, you're going to hear, is it, if it's near the Metropolitan Toronto Zoo, they're, they're going to hear sounds. Yeah, the zoo, and, like, you hear animals all the time. And it's again, a ravine. And it's ravine, and it's it's a wooded area, and, of course, you're going to hear animals. And again, pretty sure it is, you know, it's littered with teenagers, again, drinking around there, too, right? Because, like, everybody wants to get the poops, get out of them, or, you know, like, they just, they try to dare each other. Yeah. And have to stand in the bridge as another one too. You heard like, oh, yeah. You know, challenge each other to stand in the bridge and sing happy birthday to her. And yeah, I think the most dangerous part of that comes from the fact that the cars can't see you exactly. when you're doing that. Exactly. And if you go there at nighttime, people, it is, again, it's it is a single bridge. It is, it is, no, it's just, yeah, it is creepy. It's but, but to me, it's also too like, you gotta be, you know, smart. Gotta be cautious because there are cars in a single bridge and they're kind of corners around, like kind of like, kind of does this S. Kind of, mo- yeah. like, then the roads are winding, so you can actually get hit by an oncoming car if they can't see you. Now, the other reason I wanted to bring up the Bailey Bridge is A, because it's a bit of Scarborough legend, and B, Grace talked a bit about residual haunting and the World War II connection for me with these bridges I found very interesting because it was developed for World War II. It was erected by people who had served in World War II. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the material didn't serve overseas because it wouldn't make sense to bring it back. And we had manufacturing plants here. But what kind of energy does that hold when it's a structure that was designed specifically yeah. for World War II? Absolutely. So I always I wouldn't bring that up, too, to see. Because they say uh, one of them's children will push you off the road at Olfinch Road if a car is coming. People feel hands pushing them. I've not talked to anyone who's had that happen. That's why I'm assuming it's urban legend. Mm-hmm. Most of the urban legends I could see date back to about the 60s but it's just sounds like you know in magnetic hill yes the yeah. same idea where you can feel hands being pushed if you put yeah. apparently put talcum powder on the back of your car you can see little fingers no i That's heard stories but also but again magnetic hill is supposed to have this natural pull, pull. to it so again yeah I'm, I'm i think i'm gonna have to call bs on old bailey bridge yeah well like, like i said you know 
Some of these places, who knows? Like, again, residual. Mm-hmm. Is it urban legend? Is it haunted? We're not too sure. So we'd love to hear your stories. We'd like to know if you've had any experiences yourself. Please prove me that. wrong. Yes, prove, <laughs> prove us wrong. Because, well, I don't want to have an egg in my face. But, again, <laughs> the healthy skeptics in us really want us to be kind of like shaken to our core because again I've had some personal experiences in places or notoriously haunted where I cannot write it off and I cannot explain it at all so some of these places can it be haunted maybe can is a lot of it bs probably Sorry, I said the room. Wouldn't it be funny if this whole Bailey Bridge thing was actually like just like a group of parents being like, yeah, I don't want my kids driving recklessly on there at night. <laughs> so let's just start this. We're just going to lie. We're just going to start this rumor. And Mary, well, it's probably the mother who probably got mad and probably just yeah. had, yeah, you're probably. And they're like, no, let's, let's try to scare them so they don't go down there. And it's just like horribly exactly. backfired. But I remember, I remember that in high school, like the story is at the very end, it's, it's this like combination of like, the uh, Bloody Mary story yes. in the story where that, that she died of a horrendous apparently she was raped oh and then killed this is the story I heard in high school mm-hmm. I really hope it's not true but this again these are the urban legends I kind of grew up with and what I heard is that she was raped and she was murdered on her birthday and again I do you know there was yeah. you know graffiti happy birthday so again and she she comes out and she's just you can hear her cry apparently so people have said, but you can hear the cries of a young girl, like a teenage girl. So again, I'm not too sure. Hopefully, so. it's not true. I, exactly. Hopefully, that, it's not true. But that also lends itself to the whole development of urban legends as modern day kind of warning stories, like don't go out into the darkness. Well, folklore, right? Yeah. If you think about folklore, or like, and you think of the you know Hansa and Gretel, if you think about the old Grimm's tales, right? Like those were cautionary tales told to children to kind of scare the shit out of them to kind of keep them in line. Right. Right. And so I think that's what the urban legend is now to us in this 21st century of technology and just we're more jaded and more. I also find it interesting too, that a lot of these, what I'm discovering these urban legends in Scarborough started around the sixties, which is also when young people started getting a lot more freedom and rebellious. Yeah. And a lot more freedom to go out and explore and make their own minds up. And they didn't have a lot of the same. They had different challenges. And like you said, more freedoms. And it was just, I don't know. So I think there might be something to that connection. Yeah, you're right. Maybe there is. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So again, thank you for joining us on our first episode. We are so excited that we actually have finally created this podcast baby that of ours of this passion of paranormal and history. You can find us on facebook at scarberia and also on patreon we are so excited we are going to be launching our patreon page this week so please look forward to that any donation helps again this is a very can con podcast where we're trying to really emphasize the great history and beauty of canada and all the great historical places because canada usually gets a rap that's pretty boring it's not though it's, it's so not. fascinating yeah and everything's that we're clean and, and like happy go lucky and we're polite but we have a pretty dark a his- pretty sketchy dark history, history. Yeah. so we're gonna look at the kind of like the seedier plot you know mm-hmm. sides of canada and the history and we're gonna be exploring that and we're gonna be looking at some really cool places you know just to name a few we're gonna be looking at black creek pioneer village oh, yeah. 
We're going to be looking at downtown the Keg Mansion. We're going to be looking at the Don Jail. We're going to be looking at so many locations like out in like Camp X. Camp X and so the POW camps in Niagara and Hamilton, just to name a few. So if there's anyone on your list that you want us to check out or if you had an experience on, please contact us during our Facebook or at our email, scareburia at gmail.com, and let us know what you want us to talk about. Absolutely. And like I said, don't be afraid. Stay scary. Stay spooky. And and we'll see you next time. Come join us next week or next episode where we discuss the Guild Inn and... Tober Hill in Scarborough as well. Okay, guys, have a good one. Bye. Bye.